This is React Podcast. I'm Chantastic. If I know you, and I like to think that I do, you want to be better at sharing what you've learned. Now, you might want that for the accolade that comes along with fame, or maybe you just want to help people in the same way that others have helped you. The question is the same. How do you make that happen with the pressures of a full-time job and family? Is it even possible? And if you make it happen, does that leave any space in your life for hobbies and passions? Today, we sit down with Scott Talinsky of Syntax FM and Level Up Tutorials to talk about his career progression and hopefully answer some of these questions. We discuss the difficult decisions that propelled him into online education, how he discovered his value after producing years of free YouTube content, and the lack of planning that proved to be even more important than a detailed roadmap. If you're the type of person who likes to share or learn by sharing, uh, you're going to love this one. Before we start, Scott has a brand new course on Level Up Tutorials called Animating React. It's a 22 video course on animation in React using React Spring. It covers practical physics-based animation of common UI elements, and I think you'll love it. You can buy access to just that course or become a Level Up Tutorials Pro and get access to all of the courses. Visit leveluptutorials.com. And if you can't find the course, visit reactpodcast.com slash 49. Animating React will be the first link. Check it out and let's get into it. Hey, Scott, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks for having me. So I am super excited to have you on this episode of React Podcast. Uh, you're a fellow podcaster doing amazing stuff on Syntax FM. You have been blown up YouTube with all of your amazing tutorials. Uh, I just I love everything you do. I'm super excited to have you on the show. Uh, what did I miss? Tell me about some other things that you got going on that, that I didn't get in there. <laughs> I, I think that's pretty much it. I mean, syntax and and um and level up tutorials are like my my public facing stuff. Other than the the code that I write, which is level up tutorials, like that's that's my baby as far as code goes. But um, yeah, that's pretty much it. I think I think you got it. Nice, nice. Well. I, I, I want to jump into all the code stuff. I wanted to do all that and, and, and pay your due there. But first of all, I, I want to talk a little bit about you, how you got into this. I was I, I was kind of, you know, researching you a little bit and I opened up your Instagram and <laughs> I was seeing like the most <laughs> like I'm used to seeing like kind of like feats of strength, you know, with some types of developers. But like you have like this the like gymnastic strength yeah. thing going on. <laughs> and like I saw like I think the only other person that I know that's a developer and also has like a like a like a, a finesse strength is like Amy Knight. And so oh, I was yeah. blown yeah. away by by what you were doing. So 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 tell me about your breakdancing. Yeah. How did how'd you get into this? <laughs> yeah. So when I was in uh I was in high school. Well, actually, even even before then, I, I was actually like a, a semi-professional rollerblader. I was like an amateur level rollerblader. Crazy. And I, I used to do competitions all over. I got sponsored by Vans for a little bit. And I was like really into it. And uh, I was actually, I got to open one of the Vans skate parks in Michigan in Novi. I, I got to, I was like the first uh, one of three people to skate on it the first day it was open. And like the press was there. I met the owner of Vans. It was like super cool. We got backstage to the Warp Tour. I, it was like... I was all about it. And then one day I was hitting a handrail and I fell off from like 15 feet in the air and I, I got a concussion as a, it's like a theme in my life is like a, my two concussions were like major shifts in my life in a lot of ways. Yeah. 
And so it like broke my helmet off and it, it sucked pretty bad. And like after that moment, I was like, I didn't want to be high in the air anymore. I was like very high in the air for so I was just like, I, I suddenly started getting this like fear of like slamming that hard again. So um, around that same time, there ended up being like a couple of music videos that had breakdancing in it. And it wasn't like popular. It was just some of those things that you'd see occasionally. Um, there was a the Crystal Method name of the game music video. They had this breakdancer in it. Uh, is b-boy it was doing just really basic stuff but at the time it like blew my mind and then i went to the warp tour one year and there was this guy easy rock from rock city crew and he was just doing like a solo show and i went up and tour and talked to him i was like hey this is like pretty <laughs> sweet like uh obviously it's closer to the ground <laughs> so uh, it has a lot of the extreme sp- like I-, I was approaching it from like an extreme sports point of view like uh this is like rad stuff that i could do um and so he told me to just start doing it and, and whatever. I mean, there was no YouTube, so I couldn't learn at that point. And I, uh, I I found on the internet like a group at the University of Michigan that was just practicing and you could open practice. So I just started emailing them and they told me, well, it's for university students, but we'll sneak you in. And so they ended up having to do this thing where they, they popped open the exit door uh, and then the person who was like scanning cards into the the university gym would be like, no, stop, don't. And then we would run down the stairs and they couldn't do anything because they couldn't leave their post. There was no security. Sure. So uh, I just started coming and I, you'd think that that they would like stop this at some point. But like <laughs> it was I did this for like a year, uh, maybe That's once amazing. a week for a year. Yeah. And so I just got into it. Uh, I started just showing up at practice and everyone was really cool. They taught me stuff and again i was into it mostly for like the uh extreme sports side of thing which it's not really at all and um so my initial start with it was all the gymnastic stuff like the spins and the uh for a long time in my my crew like that was my role was to go out and do the spins uh do that sort of stuff and uh now as i've gotten older i can't do that so so my <laughs> my like my love and passion for the dance and, and breaking in general has changed completely and now it's a it's a it's an art form for me. It's an artistic expression. It's like a creative expression. It's like a musical expression. Uh, I went to school for music, so for me, like it's a, a way to express myself musically without playing an instrument in some sort of way. Uh, so it's just been a huge part of my life. I've been doing it since two thousand and four, and wow. it's it's changed a lot over the course of that time in terms of like what I do. Yeah. So how do you do this? So you have um so you have a crew that you're 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 dancing with or you're going to competitions yeah. doing the whole thing? Yeah, we used to um so my crew is mostly based out of of Michigan and now everybody's all over the place. Uh one guy lives in Bangkok, uh one guy's like a, a nomad web dev who just travels all over the place. He's in Stockholm right now. He's he's seriously all over the place. Uh one guy's living in <laughs> Beijing. Everybody is everywhere. And um but no, for a long time we would just we started out as just a a, a group of friends. Uh, we had like a similar style um, and we would just go to practices and then eventually start to competitions. And then maybe like four years into it, we won our first competition and then our crew ended up winning a ton of stuff in the area in the Midwest. And so we started uh, traveling out to uh, New York and L.A. and and hit up those. We never did anything internationally, but uh, and, and certainly if we went East Coast, West Coast, we were getting sort of slaughtered. But uh, Midwest was <laughs> definitely our, our territory. And we did it for a long time. There was a, a little bit of time where it was almost like every weekend we were driving to Chicago or or Ohio or, or you know, just anywhere to hit up a, a battle or a jam. And it would be like 
they they range so they can go from like a 1v1 competition you have a bracket everybody you know the winner moves on to the next round and you just keep going till there's a winner or there's a 2v2 a 3v3 uh, all the way whatever you'd want up towards to like a 10v10 or like a all crew battle or whatever you want to do wow um my crew's like i don't know I, I should probably know this offhand how many people are in it but there's probably just like eight eight people maybe active members maybe like I don't know. At this point, none of us are really, there's only a couple of us that are like super competitive still. So it, it's a little bit different now than it was before, but uh, we're, we're all getting kind of old. <laughs> <laughs> is it a pretty friendly, uh, encouraging environment or is it pretty, pretty cutthroat? Yeah, it depends. Uh, our, our scene was, um, and certainly there was like pockets of, of people who were like less supportive. Um, but I was really always really impressed with how many people that were really waiting to step outside and like teach me something if I asked or, or didn't care. Nice. Um, Chicago, you always had to be careful. Uh, we saw a lot of fights in Chicago. Um, it was hard to win battles if you weren't from Chicago in Chicago. Mm. Uh, but even in, in like in, in like a less of a dangerous environment, like inside of the Michigan scene, there was like sort of cattiness and like some crews were like not interested in uh, just, I don't know, there was like on a personal level, people had had beef with you or problems with you and it, it always came out in the competitions and it made it all like that much um it it was it's like rivalries build yeah uh, and there's like a, a crew in particular from like southeast michigan sort of suburb of detroit that always had a beef with me specifically i don't know why really uh yeah i really don't know why they like wanted the two guys that i started my crew with to be in their crew uh, but not me. Uh, so they they. So you got like a Taylor Swift, Katy Perry kind of fighting over dancers type. Oh thing yeah, going. and it it all like culminated into like one competition where we faced them in the finals, and we absolutely destroyed them. Like uh, I don't like. It, there's like few moments in my life that are like more gratifying than like that moment when I knew like they were toast and like we we had prepared really well for it. So uh, you know it, it's so funny because it's you know, it's a far cry from that. Now I, I go to competitions now to just vibe out and enjoy the the music and yeah. the people and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So what's a beginner move? Like what, you know, if you're, if you're just starting this thing, what's your, what's your first move? Yeah. The first move is something called the top rock, which is like just the stand up dancing stuff. So before you get okay. into anything acrobatic or anything on the floor, it's just the stand up dancing stuff. That's always the first stuff they show. And then the second thing would be like a footwork, which is like the on the floor dancing stuff. Um, which is like more technical. There's a, it, it's one of the things like people can make their entire careers out of just doing footwork. Uh, so there's a high level of like technicality to it. Um, and if you'd like, if you don't have a trained eye, it could, you know, just look like running around the floor or something like that. But the best yeah. people are, are very musical. The whole thing has to be dance first and foremost. Um, and then after that, the spins and stuff, they take forever to learn. All that stuff takes a long time yeah. to learn. It is interesting that with regard to footwork, because I, I don't have a trained eye, but like, I know enough, I, I think in, in at this age in my life, I'm like 35 now, you can see where there's there's art in something that you don't have a context mm -hmm. to identify. And so like I see a lot of that stuff and I was like, I know that there's like way more there <laughs> that like I'm not even picking up, but like I know it's there. Yeah. And when we were, we were really young, we didn't necessarily understand. We'd go to competitions and we'd lose and the judges would be like, your finesse level just isn't there yet. Like, sure, you have the moves or whatever. Your finesse level isn't there. And we'd be like, what do you mean? And like, now I can see it from a mile away. If somebody's dancing without that level of cleanliness or ease, it looks like they're not like really trying to get the forms right and the the movements right. And, it, and now I totally understand. I get what they're meaning. So uh, it's like a level of just practice that you can only get from putting in the time. 
Yep, yep, yep. Just like ballet, like one of the most interesting things about some of these art forms is seeing someone just do it at a level that is so much beyond like not even the hard stuff yeah but like just doing everything at like a level that's just 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 way higher than everybody else oh yeah so how did you then get into uh, you mentioned going to school for music yep um how'd you get into uh to web development how had that transition take place yeah i had started uh at least learning basic html and like flash development when i was in high school i'd always like play around with you know, Photoshop and, and Flash and, and uh, Dreamweaver at the time, but just really like diving into web tech and, and making some basic stuff. I had a band uh, forever. I played the drums. So I, me and my my buddy would make the band's website and we used to just try to, oh, that'd be cool if we could do some animations or we could do a form or whatever. And it's like, you're experimenting with that sort of stuff. And we started on Angel Fire and then you're just like, you know, tweaking it, HTML files and writing some scripts here and there. And I always had those sort of skills in the back of my mind. And uh, throughout college, even though I went to school for music, it was music technology. So okay. there was still like this computer element to it. And I I really just, the whole time I was there, a lot of people are, you know, you're creating your personal sort of space, your personal website, your personal brand in a sort of way as a, a musician or a tech major or something. So I was always tweaking my website. I would do like a new one a year just because I was never satisfied with it. Mm-hmm. And I think that's like probably carried on into my professional life. Uh, I have a reputation for like wanting to refactor my code all the time. It's like, oh, I, <laughs> well, I want to I want to do this now. So like, it, you know, for me, it was always like, oh, here's the, the next version of this website's going to be great. I'm going to learn how to do this aspect of it at this aspect. And um, this, at the same time, my dad was having some weird stuff with his job. Uh, he, he wasn't quite sure if he was going to be like a solid career in like a year or two so they started a Mm. out of sort of nowhere they started a tea company with the expectation of well hey we're gonna sell green tea and uh when my job uh evaporates then i can devote all this time to the green tea company and then that will just be my career so i built them a site in magento and that was like my first experience with databases uh you know mysql and uh my first experience with php in general and uh yeah i i just i I'm the type of person, I'm just going to butt my head up against it until it works. Uh, so I got them a working tea site that had payments and uh, they used it for like four or five years. And my dad's job wow. situation never, never evaporated like he thought it would. So he couldn't devote the time to it. it. Ended up becoming like my mom's thing, but she had enough to deal with. So it's just like, yeah. well, let's just fold it. <laughs> like it's, it's, it's just <laughs> sort of like hanging around. So uh, I was just maintaining that thing for a long time. Uh, there was like times I would like, run it I, I was just it was totally reckless i was like running updates without backing up the database because i didn't know any about that and get like a white screen oh just reinstall everything okay whatever like <laughs> I mean, there, it was totally reckless and uh but I, it was a great introduction because it's pretty low stakes i mean we weren't getting an insane amount of orders or something like that it was yeah. it was enough to keep the business open but it wasn't like super high stakes or something like that and it was a good exploration into to what i liked so uh, throughout this time i just really like I don't know. I enjoyed hacking on stuff like that. And um, I wanted to do a lot of things with school. I graduated, you know, with the intent of become a, a motion graphics artist. I was really into After Effects. I was doing video editing for a magazine in New York. I was just like really into into that sort of realm. And, I, and then that's like sort of where my career is headed. But um, I decided to not take the job that I had in New York, which is a whole story in itself. But my, my wife was getting... My now wife was getting her uh, 
master's degree, which ended up becoming her PhD eventually wow. uh, in Michigan. And she was got to stay there. So uh, she was, she was very <laughs> adamant about like, do not like, do not like turn this job down for me. Like we can make it work long term, uh, long distance. And I was just like, yeah, you know what? I'm not interested in taking that chance. So I, I turned the job down. It was like a sort of a dream job for me. And, uh, I, uh, worked as a bunch of odd jobs here and there. And, uh, she was just like, all right, you got to focus on your career. Cause you're doing like eight different things. Like, what do you want to do? You're not, you know, yeah. you want to be a motion graphics artist or an audio, like a uh, design artist or a graphic designer. Like, what do you want to do? And, uh, I really took stock of like, well, I guess throughout all of this, like the thing that's like really excited me and interested me the most was building the website for the thing that I wanted to do. Oh, I want to do this. I'm going to build the website for it. And it's like sitting right in front of me. And it's so obvious that I should have just done that from the start. But uh, I made that decision in a couple of years. I had a my first web dev job and and just grew from there. I, I got my first web dev job in, in March of 2011 and I started the YouTube channel by 2012. So it all moved pretty quickly wow. once I, I made up my mind. Interesting. So with the YouTube channel, I'm really curious. Uh, was that something that you were like, oh, yeah, like this, this is like an extension of my learning? Was it birthed out f- from that kind of experience that you had with your parents of like, hey, I should have this thing on the side just in case mm. my main gig kind of fails? Like, what was that? What was the motivation there? Yeah, the motivation was that we were uh, me and my my boss and I of Ben Schaff, he was um, he was like a great mentor to me. And w- we had just been seeing a lot of YouTube tutorials whenever we were looking up stuff. Like, oh, we need to do this. And we'd look it up and we'd find a YouTube tutorial. And like half of them were terrible. <laughs> you know, there's like no talking in them or the ones that yeah. were, we didn't like the the guy doing it or it was just like not, not great. And and we started to realize there was so much uh, content missing, especially in like the stuff that we were working on day to day. Like we were building Drupal sites and we would run into this like mysterious Drupal bug. And then you had to go sift through errors and and people who were just like talking in a, a, a forum about what the issue actually was we're like Wouldn't it just be easier to like have someone say this is how you do it and if it messes <laughs> up then this is how you fix it uh and so we started with that and we we started it together uh i was doing videos on drupal and he was doing videos on expression engine and uh we, we just started as just like a fun little thing to do because we felt like there was all this gaps missing in the content available at the time. That's something that's super interesting to me as well is that it, it feels to me like these are like the world's like videos and tutorials, like all in one place. It's yeah. Yeah. Um, but no matter what, it seems like there are these like cliffs, right? Where it's like the, on, on some level, like all of these topics are covered like super, super well by like thousands and thousands of people. But then like, as you start to get more into these like niche things, it's like, just nothing. Mm-hmm. Like you go off a cliff, there's like absolutely nothing there. Yeah. Yeah. I think the the first tutorials of mine that got popular uh, were the my like Ruby SAS tutorials, which at the time, mm-hmm. like I'm looking back on, they're terrible, but like, because um, <laughs> I didn't really know a ton about Ruby at the time, but I wanted to, I mean, I knew a lot about um, using SAS in different environments mm-hmm. just through things like, um, I'm trying to remember if it was like, even CodeKit at the time was out, but just like really simple ways of using it. And when I made some videos on SAS, like people had never heard of it or SCSS. And oh, crazy. We, I had never even heard about it until I was at a, a meetup and somebody was talking about using SAS. And uh, once I used it for the first time, I was like, people have to know about this. <laughs> so I like, <laughs> I made this YouTube series about like the basics of SAS and, um, you know, the SAS team was retweeting them and the Compass team was retweeting them. And next thing I know, I like 
you can look at my YouTube views and they're like, yep, <laughs> like they just go straight up from when that happened. Um, and then I had like like 50 some Magento videos that got popular and the Drupal videos got popular. So it, it was just really funny because it's all born out of like just wanting to provide people the information that like didn't exist on YouTube. Right. Yeah. Was level up tutorials a thing at the time or was this like later after you had started to identify this as a place where you could kind of build your career, build an audience, et cetera? Yeah, we, we came up with level up tutorials like day one. Um, uh, the logo I'm actually wearing, it's, it's oddly enough, I'm wearing my level up tutorials T-shirt right now, which is I, I, I actually <laughs> don't wear them that often, but they're very comfortable. Uh, and uh, <laughs> we so we uh, we came off the name like just just almost goofing around and we had this really bad website that was like blue and orange uh, that never made it into code. Even it was just like a design, the logo. We didn't know what we were doing with the logo. Uh, and then one of our interns at the dev agency, uh, Mike McMillan, he's an awesome designer. Um, he was like, guys, let me just make you a logo. <laughs> so he like made us a, a bunch of logos, uh, different ones. And the current logo that I have, the current colors, Everything he came up with just as a favor on the spot, pretty much. So that's awesome. How long were you working independently before you trans transitioned full time into Level Up? Yeah, uh, the transition to Level Up full time was sort of weird uh, because I I've had to grow as sort of like a business owner and like be business minded. Mm -hmm. I've always just been like, here's here's a like two thousand free videos. Go ahead, take them. Like, <laughs> um, so <laughs> it was a little bit of a learning experience for me in that regard. And, and when I first started, I was like not providing a whole lot of value. So I, I was uh, working remotely for a job where my entire job was to um, maintain a style guide, maintaining a style guide that was one not being consumed by anybody and it was not being updated. So it's like, it was basically, you know, you're getting paid to sit and watch something that doesn't move all day. So uh, <laughs> during that time, it was like a prep time. And then I think it was 2016 January is when my, that contract ended. So I was like, oh, I'm going to do level up full time. And it like wasn't working super well. Mm. I wasn't offering a lot of value. All the content was free. And YouTube had just like slashed my rates in half because of some new algorithm change. So I wasn't like making enough to support the family on. And it was just like getting real, real tight. Uh, so, yeah. so I took a job at a startup here, which was a terrible idea. Uh, and I did that for like eight months and the startup folded. Uh, it was bad news. The owner was like awful uh, she would call me at like 10 o'clock on a Sunday and just like the, the alpha isn't doing this. I'm like, it's an alpha. Nobody's using it. Like <laughs> I had like my parents over, they like flew out. Cause I, I live in Denver now. My parents live in Michigan and, uh, they, my parents were like over for a vacation. She was like, you need to fix this right now. And I was just like, Oh my God, like, I don't need to fix this right now. And I think it was like the very next day I quit because I was just so, annoyed and uh it was just oh, yeah. it was just brutal so i went to the other co-owner because they had equal ownership i went to the co-owner was like i'm quitting and and she was just like i completely 100 percent understand <laughs> like i i understand uh why you're quitting i understand it and sure enough uh you know they the other owner gave me this whole you know you know this uh this thing's gonna blow up without you and it's gonna be uh it's gonna be brilliant and you're gonna miss out on all this stuff yeah. speech or whatever wow. Uh, and sure enough, it folded in like two weeks after that because they couldn't find another developer who was willing to put up with the things I was. Yeah. 
So, you know, it, it ended up being just a terrible decision because I wasted so much time that I could have been uh, really just getting to where I am today with uh, Level Up and in the podcast and stuff. Because at that point, Wes and I had already talked about starting a podcast. We had talked about starting Syntax before or while I was doing that uh, startup. But it was Interesting. consuming so much of my life. I was working like 12-hour days on the startup. Oh. It was just absolutely brutal. And uh, it consumed so much of my life, I couldn't do it. And uh, I quit the startup in, let's see, I quit the startup in June. I had, my son was born in May. So that's actually sort of what sparked it too. My son was born in May. Oh, sure. Uh, I quit the startup. And almost immediately after that, I messaged Wes. And I was just like, listen, uh, hey, remember that idea that we'd come up with? We'd already come up with the name. We'd come up with episode ideas. Like, let's just do it right now. And then so we recorded a couple episodes and uh, got that going like right away. That's awesome. What are some of the I, I want to come back to that in a little bit. Sure. What are some of the, uh, I guess, business lessons that you had to learn going from having a popular YouTube channel that was was helping people, but with free content yeah. to uh, creating a business, kind of making turning that into something that you could actually like make money from, support your family with be proud of and, and and kind of live your dream in that way. Sure. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm like a pretty huge optimist. So like when I started it, I was just sort of like, yeah, I'm going to give a bunch of content for free and uh, people are just going to give me money for, for whatever reason, they're just going to want to because of all of the free content. But what happens is like the people on YouTube just assume that YouTube's paying you a ton of money, which they're paying you like nothing. So uh, people uh, are watching it on YouTube are endlessly just trying to take more from you. They're trying to say, yeah, uh, give us more content, more blah, blah, blah. You're, you're probably sitting on stacks of cash because of all this YouTube ad revenue. What with like, no, no, absolutely. Like <laughs> I heart, you know, you don't have enough to make rent from YouTube revenue. So, uh, I think there's just this huge like misconception about the value that the content was, was having. So, uh, it also made it so I couldn't put any money into the content. I couldn't make the content better. It was almost like, you have to put out a ton of content. You have to put out crappy content yeah. uh, just to try to keep that ad revenue up. And uh, so eventually I was just figuring like the value I was trying to give people uh, was not enough and it wasn't good enough. So and instead of focusing on the content that I was doing and the, the giving away or like, oh, okay, you don't have ads on the website anymore. Like that's not a, that nobody cares about having ads on the website. Everybody <laughs> has ad blockers. So like, that's not like a good lesson. Uh, so for me, it was just like trying to figure out what value actually is and what people are, mm. are wanting to, to pay for. And they're wanting to pay for like good content, high quality content. And uh, I, I had, you know, a couple of options and I tried a couple of different things. One of the first things I tried was uh, doing sort of the West boss model, you know, of like, Here's here's one big course. I've you know spent a long time on it, and here's this big course, and it's it's going to be you know priced at a, at a higher point, but it's it's going to be you know very thorough. And it was on React Native, and I released this thing, and it sold pretty well. And then React Native changed a whole bunch of stuff, yeah. and then I was like, oh crap, I have like a whole chapter to re-record. And then they changed some more stuff, and and then they changed some more, and like the by like a couple of weeks into it, I was going nuts because I had just did this giant monolith of a course and I had a hard time supporting it and doing all this stuff when that's not really my forte. My forte is working on uh, content pretty quickly 
and uh, being sort of agile with it, being able to say, oh, this is something that's brand new. Let me take the time to teach and explore something that's brand new rather than just going over the same thing. So like, while Wes's model is awesome for him. I couldn't do it. It wasn't right for me. And so I, I, I changed it and was like, okay, I'm going to do a monthly series. I'm going to do it uh, high quality, like 20 to 24 videos. They're all going to be well-produced, high quality. I'm doing like 4K and 4K videos and, and stuff like that now. And it's like, I'm going to give a higher quality experience than I was able to give on YouTube but I'm also not going to charge a ton for it because there's going to be a new one each month and nobody's going to want to spend $120 every month, but they might spend, you know, uh, $30 every month or $40 every month. I really like this idea of finding a model that works for you. So maybe trying a bunch of different models, but then saying like, oh, I didn't like this part of this one. And mm-hmm. like this works for them, but like th- that doesn't really work for me. And landing on something that you can reasonably do and feels like good for the way that you want to 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 manage your life. Um, what were some of the decisions that you had to make that were uh, maybe surprising or uncomfortable as you were transitioning from, you know, a lot of free content to, you know, high quality, high value month over month content? Yeah, some of the some of the changes were about one like process and recording process and timing and and, and getting all that done because I I sort of just over the course of level up tutorials life. Um, I was probably running out a clip of like 300 videos created a year. Um, so I was doing a lot of content for free. So I, I'm very familiar with doing um, content quickly in a way, uh, but I wasn't necessarily um, great about following schedules and doing that sort of thing. So when it came to actually producing the content, I had a really hard time uh, scheduling everything where I had to come up and plan the courses, plan the code record all the videos, edit them myself, and uh, release them. And to release them, I also had to have a course platform that I had to code and update and maintain myself. I was doing this all myself. So um, for me, it, it was one of the hardest things I had to make was like this transition into becoming a scheduler for myself and realizing that the whole thing functions a lot like a magazine, which I had already worked for. And the magazine process is sort of like, here's this thing that you're you're going to, like January 1, you're going to live and die this thing up until, uh, what is it, 30, how many days are in January? <laughs> 31, I feel like I'm an adult, I should know this. <laughs> uh, until January 31st, and then at that at that point, uh, it's, it's immediately uh, onto the very next one, and you have to live and die that thing until the next one and the next one. So I run this yeah. this schedule now where, uh, you know, the series consumes my life until then. Uh, but now I have a little bit of help on editing and um, and it makes it a little bit easier for me to really schedule and plan things out. I have to, I don't know, I'm not, I'm by nature, not a planner or schedule or, and it's like really something I have to do. Yeah. So I want to talk about YouTube as a, as a form of building an audience. Um, I see a lot of kind of similar approaches where, you know, someone will make like an info product or they'll release some open source or, you know, do some, um, do a lot of conference talks to kind of like build up their, their audience. Mm -hmm. Um, what was your experience, um, doing that on, on YouTube? Yeah. And it's maybe just cause I'm like from, uh, like, um, like Southwest or Southeast Michigan that like doing the conference talk thing was going to be kind of tough for me. And it wasn't necessarily, I had never done any public speaking and even now it, it kind of freaks me out. So, uh, <laughs> public speaking for me, like wasn't the first inclination. And I, uh, I'm 
even even putting up my microphone and start talking on a YouTube video was take took a lot of effort for me yeah. to get going. I had actually recorded some videos on After Effects first before I did even any web dev stuff, and and, and I hated them. I was just like, these are bad. <laughs> Everything about them is bad. <laughs> so um, it almost didn't happen. I almost didn't have the confidence to go through with it and do it. And for me, it was more just let's just put this out here. And I had done a couple and I kind of found out that I was pretty good at it. I'm also the type of person who, it's not like I'm going to obsess over things, but like, for instance, I, I, I get into a, a routine and that routine feels nice. So before on Mondays and Wednesdays, I would go and go to breaking practice and I would go practice breakdancing. Uh, and then I got a concussion, which was my second concussion, uh, which uh, of course my two concussions are like big shifts in my life. So at that point, I got the concussion the day before Valentine's Day. And no, maybe it was on Valentine's Day. No, I mean the day before, yeah. And uh, so it's February. And by March, we had already started level up tutorials. So uh, I'm a busy person. <laughs> I was just like, I got to do something. <laughs> yeah. I'm not going to be able to, I couldn't work out. And I ended up not even being able to work out or go to the gym until August of that year. So it was like half a, half a year or more that I was like completely sidelined. So in that time, I was just like looking for stuff to do. And uh I just hopped on YouTube and, and and once I got a couple of videos up and I found out that people weren't going to massacre me for little mistakes or yeah. uh, or I could maybe ignore it a little bit. Once I just started doing that, it was it was just all about putting content out there. And even at the start, there was no necessarily inclin inclinations of building a business or a brand or anything like that. And I had no greater ambitions. There was no like, this is going to help me in my career. It was, let's get this content out here and let's uh, help some people out and maybe make some ad revenue while we're doing it as a side yeah. cash, maybe pay for the rent or something. And, uh, over the course of time, I think it was like my very first job interview after I had the YouTube channel, which would have been like, I don't even know what year, but it would have been like maybe 2014 or something. So a couple of years after I'd started the channel, I went to this interview and, uh, they asked about the YouTube channel because it was in my resume and they're like, you have a hundred thousand subscribers on YouTube. I was just like, Oh yeah. And they're like, what? And it like got <laughs> me like a, a really good job. And then the next job I went to, uh, I had the same thing and I was like, Oh yeah, I have these videos on this, uh, SAS framework called Susie, which is like a grid framework. And the, the, the interviewer, like who's a web dev himself pulls out a pen. He's like, what is this thing? And he starts like taking notes. Uh, and so he was learning for me in the interview. And then all of a sudden, uh, <laughs> I realized that this thing was a great opportunity, um, to not only like, again, I had no ambitions of one, being an entrepreneur to doing this full time. Uh, I wanted to just work as a web dev in an agency. And that's like primarily where, uh, I grew from was that, Hey, it's all about the the content and, um, every single job interview I ever went to, people were blown away by it. So yeah. it ended up like being a huge driving force in that, in that regard. Well, that's a, that's a huge accomplishment. And I think most people don't realize how hard it is to even get, you know, a thousand or 10,000 subscribers. Yeah. What did it feel like to, to hit a hundred thousand subscribers? Cause YouTube sends you something at that point, right? Yeah. I think I got a, I got a plaque at like 150,000, I think. Okay, cool. Um, it's like a silver play buttons hanging up. Uh, you can't see it behind here. And it is, uh, it was pretty cool <laughs> to be honest. Uh, I was really psyched about it. I'm almost, I'm approaching 300,000 now, even though I, I'm not publishing a ton of free stuff right now, but like crazy, uh, the idea for the whole thing again was like, just to reach a lot of people, uh, with the content and put out stuff that is useful. And a lot of my strategy for it was like, Hey, I'm, 
working on this thing all day at work. I'm going to come home. I'm going to turn on my microphone. I'm going to talk about this thing I just did at work. No preparation, no script needed, nothing. I didn't have to do any work to make the content happen. It was all just stuff I could pull up, even like a dev site I had up for a side project. Um, that was always the best is when you could double dip when yeah. I was uh, like redoing my own website. Okay, let's just pull up the code <laughs> that I'm actually writing right now. And I can record myself, talk about it and do it and then um, and get that advantage. But again, it was it was just sort of like, I don't know, it, it was kind of it kind of blew me away because it was never expected or intended. I always had like the the dreams of like, oh, maybe if I could get to this number, then I'll make this much money in YouTube ad revenue. And it's like, no, no, <laughs> and like, uh, those, those dreams have all been shattered now. But, you know, that's awesome. Yeah, I've. I've been trying to, uh, for myself, be able to do that a little bit more. And it was, I, I feel like YouTube is kind of an intimidating platform yeah. because you have stuff that's just kind of silly, right? But there's also stuff that's like really well produced. I mean, like stuff that's like TV shows basically oh, yeah. on YouTube every week. Um, and yeah, I really love that model that you talk about where it's just like, hey, I, I learned something today. Like I need to kind of like exhaust that off of my life and like put it somewhere you know because it's going to be useful to someone yeah you know even if it's just one person you know i i was able to pair with that other person and kind of help them throughout through through their day yeah it's such a huge concept that i think people miss is that like they want to wait till they're an expert to teach something and the stuff that i've always taught the best is when i'm uh just learning it myself like, yeah. you know, I just learned this concept. I'm going to teach it next week. Am I going to know all of the exact ins and outs of it? No, but I'm going to give a better explanation than somebody who does know the ins and outs because I know the problems that a new person is going to face because most likely I've, I'll face them. I'm not like naturally good at computer programming. I'm not. So like I will hit every single problem that you can hit when you're trying to learn something. And I think that <laughs> maybe benefits me in a way where I can just say, okay, this is these are the things that you might run into because... I ran into them. You know, that's that's actually really interesting. Um, I, I don't think I've heard it verbalized in that way before, but the, the idea of that as a, a position of strength, right? Like your your ignorance is a position of strength mm -hmm. um, to say like, I, I just ran into this thing. Uh, and so s surely someone else will too. And actually embracing that mm -hmm. as a platform instead of, you know, like you said, like feeling like you have to know everything. Um, are there tactics that you use to be able to put yourself in positions where, cause that's not comfortable for anyone sure. to do that. So I'm sure it's difficult every time you sit down and like want to make that video. Um, are there tactics or things that you tell yourself when you're trying to prep yourself up to be like, Hey, I'm going to make a video on this thing that kind of makes me feel exposed and dumb. Yeah. I, it honestly, it might just be the, it might just, I might be like just uniquely equipped to like not have those thoughts. Cause it's not like I don't have the maybe imposter syndrome or worry that people are going to, to like, I do have those worries that people are going to rip this apart from not having all the facts or, or not being correct in this way. Like I remember I released a video in my react basic series and people were like, well, why aren't you using the callback in this dot set state? I'm like, because this is a this is the the number three <laughs> video. Like a new user who's learning this that state is not going to want to learn uh, to call back in there because it adds extra jargon. They're just simply trying to understand this basic concept. Yeah. Um, and so I do have those like worries that like someone's going to read it and try to call me out on something that I'm even like aware that I'm purposefully leaving out. Uh, yeah. And in those cases, I've gotten really good at just being like, calm down. Or if somebody's rude about it, I delete the comments. I just don't don't think about them. But you know, it, it is a hard thing to to get myself um, okay with that kind of criticism. I guess it's just a, a being of like secure where I like 
I know that my content is useful to a lot of people because I have 2000 videos and they have a billion comments on them that say your, your videos help me out so much. So maybe it's just like that. I got to that point where I had so many people telling me that they were helpful, that the people who tell me that they weren't helpful just sort of get drowned out. Um, but I guess it is, it is something that I've had to, to grow into. Yeah. I mean, I think that's a good reminder. I think that's something that's important. And I've been trying to do this a lot more too, is, is that if you're on something like YouTube and you find something helpful, like try to be, try to communicate the positivity of like your experience mm -hmm. because there's, it's way more likely that someone who feels negatively about it is going to comment than oh, someone yeah. who feels positively about <laughs> yeah. it. But those, those comments are the things that kind of like keep you alive and keep you like continuing to want to publish things, knowing that there's someone out there who actually found your thing helpful. Yeah. And there's some amazing people. I got an email the other day. It was like two days ago. I just got an email from uh, somebody and it was just like sort of randomly like, Hey, I just wanted to thank you for all the content you've put out in the podcast and everything. And that was it. I was just like, Oh, yes. this is amazing. Thank you. You're, you're very welcome. Like, this is great. <laughs> you're like, even if it's just, there's just one person, but that person is you. Yeah. Like, I'm going to keep doing this. Yeah. I love it. <laughs> That's awesome. So you have this amazing podcast, Syntax FM. Thank you. Uh, you're doing it with, with Wes. How did you, uh, how'd that come about? How'd you get into that? Yeah. So uh, Wes and I, we sort of, we connected uh, it's sort of a funny story where we both released a beginner series on React, and um, mine was called React for Beginners, and his was called React for Beginners, but his had already been out and was already much more popular <laughs> than mine. So he sent me a very nice message that was just like, hey, like, would you mind like changing the name of your newly released series? Uh, because, you know, I've already kind of got this space, you know, it's already been released or whatever. And uh, which is fine with me because one, I, I, at the time I wasn't familiar with Wes's work, but when I went to his page, I was like, oh yeah, this thing is well-established. Uh, it's really nice. And not only that, but like I had already had like a naming structure for my courses, which was uh, for everyone, which was like media for everyone. And uh, I had that already established and I was like branching out. I was like, oh, I'm going to go the SEO route and do React for Beginners. So I, it's like, I was already... I had no problem changing. I was just like, oh yeah, I'm really sorry for, for like, I don't want you to think that I'm trying to get in your space here. Um, and so that's how we established like first contact between us. We just started like chatting and around the same time, uh, we were both sort of looking for a group of like, like-minded people to chat about this stuff with. Like, uh, so we, we decided to start a mastermind group. It was funny because I was talking to Josh Owen separately about a mastermind group. And Wes was talking to Josh about a mastermind group. And we were sort of just like, let's just combine this stuff. Cause we were all kind of doing the same yeah. thing. Uh, so uh, the three of us started a mastermind group and we had some other people in there came and came and went. And, uh, we would just sort of talk each week about stuff with their platforms and, and how they could be better they ripped my platform apart <laughs> and like, the, which, which is so funny because they were just so dead on about everything in hindsight, uh, you know, and uh, we just started chatting uh, weekly about this stuff. And, and that's how we all, all got to know each other really well. And then uh, it sort of ran its course and it did its thing. And uh, when after it had done that, Wes had sort of approached me and was saying like, hey, I think uh, I'm thinking about maybe like thinking about a podcast, like a web development podcast. Like, what, what are your thoughts? It's like, oh, yeah, this is a great idea. So we ended up coming up with the name syntax like pretty quickly. We have a really hilarious long list of of names that we didn't use. And um, we ended up <laughs> uh, having a whole Google Doc full of episode ideas and like what we wanted it to be like and all these things. And then 
uh, I got that job at that startup and we just sat on it for a year. And then after oh wow, I did that whole thing of quitting my my job and um, having my son born, I like kicked it into high gear and I caught like, like, listen, we already have this ready to go. Let's go for it. And uh, he was way on the same page. So then, yeah, it was like almost immediately we recorded three episodes and um, neither of us had ever recorded a podcast, but we're very used to talking on a microphone. Uh, we both knew what we liked about podcasts. That was like one of our things in our initial document was like, what do we like and what do we hate about podcasts? Like, what do we want this to sort of be like? And uh, and really all those ideas that we had, like are still the things that carried through into what it was actually like. And we'd already written like maybe 30 episode ideas. So we were ready to go. We recorded, pick three of them that we sounded good. We recorded them all at the same time and released them all at once. And that was the start of it. It just, it took off from there. And we, awesome. I can't say we were expecting it to be so popular out of the gate, or at least we weren't, and maybe the level, I think when we first saw the amount of downloads we were getting initially, I think we were both pretty, uh, very pleasantly surprised. So yeah, well, it's an insanely popular show. People, people love it. I feel like every time anyone, anytime I see a tweet where we're like in a list yeah. of shows, like you guys are always, always in there and, wild, and rightfully yeah. so you guys are crushing it. <laughs> um, so I've noticed this theme kind of that you've been talking about is that in a lot of these endeavors, you end up going in with a partner, like you have a, f- a friend mm-hmm. who's also interested in this thing. Um, how critical has that been to your success in these ventures? Well, it's different. I think syntax was so even though we started level up tutorials uh, with Ben and I, um, his he he his career was going sort of a different direction. Um, he was getting busier. His uh, his family life was changing because he was. Um, having a couple more kids here and there. And he, he was just like not able to devote the time to it. So really by the end of 2012, uh, he was no longer doing anything with level up tutorials. Uh, so he was only really making tutorials for the first year or so. And we have an open door policy. So if he ever wants to make any other content, he can come and make content. And it's like very cool with me. He can do it whenever he wants. Uh, but, you know, so Level Up Tutorials has largely felt to me like a totally solo venture with the exception of Mm -hmm. that inception of it. So for me, the syntax aspect of it was just so great to uh, have someone like Wes, uh, who's so experienced and um, we both had these very clear ideas of how we wanted it to be. Uh, It was just such a great experience because for me, I am used to doing everything myself. I programmed all of the Level Ups, the, the site and the store at the time were all like, you know, coded from scratch by me and all the videos and I did all the editing. It was just like a total one man band for a long time. So uh, syntax for me was actually like a big difference where it felt like it was really, really um, comfortable to work with somebody who was, you know, uh, like Wes and, and, you know, so uh, skilled and talented as he is. Do you recommend now that you've had kind of both experiences, like kind of going, going all in by yourself or like taking it on with a partner? uh, Do you have an experience that you like, like better? Yeah, I would totally recommend the the partner aspect of it because mm-hmm. you know as the the starting level up with Ben was great and he he did such a great job that like I wish that uh you know I I totally understand his situation um in life and you know that's really worked out well for him. So it, it would have been really amazing if he could have taken the risks that I took in his career um and ended up where you know uh we've you know where we started or whatever but yeah, I, I think going at it with the partner has always been a better experience. So it got really hard 
when I was doing everything myself. And I'm, I've been trying to change that a lot lately. Nice, nice. So I have a question about podcasting. You've been doing this for, for longer than I have in, in the video thing too. Um, but I have found kind of like being a little bit like a gear nut. I did yeah. a little bit of uh, kind of like sound stuff uh, in college. I just, I find that so often I'm just, I just get obsessed with like the microphones and the interfaces and like all the recording stuff mm -hmm. that, that goes into all of this. And I've noticed in your videos, you've, you've actually kind of changed mics and yeah, uh, I've changed mics like have, three or four times now. <laughs> yeah. And, and they're like, they're like on my list. They're like dreamless <laughs> list mics. I'm like, is this just something that goes on forever? Like, am I just going to be dropping $500 on a mic every quarter? Like, is that just oh. the rest of my life now? I'm going to definitively say no, because let me tell you, uh, this mic right here that I have, I'm never, I'm never leaving this. This thing's never leaving my side. I like this mic <laughs> so much. Uh, this is the Electro Voice RE20. It's a classic sort of radio mic. This was recommended. My, my best friend is a, uh, audio engineer. Uh, he's uh -huh. brilliant. Uh, absolutely brilliant. If you've heard of the band Wolfpack, he does all their mastering. Um, he, he's yeah. just an absolutely brilliant guy. Uh, but he told me that this would be the perfect mic for my voice. And let me tell you, when I see this <laughs> microphone on a commercial, I'm, I'm telling my wife, Courtney, I'm like, Courtney, that's my mic. And she'll be like, I don't, I don't care. That, that's your mic. <laughs> like, you don't have to show me every time it's your mic. I know that's your, your microphone. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I think, uh, it, it evolves to a point until you're like very happy. Right now, my setup is great. The next change I'm going to make to my setup is going to be for a better studio space because that's the last thing I can really improve. Um, mm -hmm. Maybe not the last thing. There's no last thing. But um, that's, a, that's the next biggest thing that I can improve. So um, I think it's once you find this like the setup that you're very happy with, then it, it's okay. Yeah. <laughs> kind of becomes it kind of disappears and it's just your thing and you, you focus more on the work yeah absolutely and it, it took me however many years to get here you know since 2012 <laughs> but i'm here now and i'm very happy with it obviously um once once i'm out of because i recorded my house and my house has windows from the 1920s um so anytime you know there's noise my neighbor loves to uh um what is he he uses his leaf blower like every day oh I'm yeah like oh, yeah. man you need to leaf blow every day. Like I'm trying to, like I have to record here or get dog barks or whatever. So uh, next, next step for me is going to be soundproofing space here. Totally. I've, I've had to, uh, kind of just, I have some days where I'm like planning on doing a video series or something and, and I'll start and then I hear the power washer come out <laughs> yeah. and I'm like, that, come on, that's like four hours. <laughs> yeah. Today's a loss. Yeah. I've done the same thing. <laughs> Cool. Well, um, tell me a little bit more about what you got going on uh, come in the next coming months uh, with the podcast or Level Up Tutorials. What's going on? Yeah, um, we actually do it. It's funny. Um, by the time this episode's recorded or released, we'll have already done this, but we're doing a live show uh, this coming weekend. In, uh, nice. Yeah, and that's going to be fun. The last one was really great. So uh, that will be eventually released on once we get over the recording. So uh, that will eventually be released as an episode on the syntax. I don't know. We got a lot of great stuff coming up. It's funny. We we don't pick our episode topics until right before we record them. And we have just like a billion ideas. We've just been collecting ideas awesome. forever. So um, who knows what's <laughs> what's in the future for the syntax episode ideas. Um, but Level Up Tutorials is just re re um, releasing new courses every month. We, we're going to have a this this year we're going to have a new React Native course come out that's going to be really great. Cool. Um, it's going to be the second course released on Level Up Tutorials that I myself have not uh, recorded. Um, that's something that I've been oh, wow. working with a little bit more lately. So it's a, a big jump for me. I'm like a big control. Like I want to 
control all the the pieces to the pie here, but um, it's going to be recorded by Spencer Carley, and he's brilliant. He's a, a great teacher, so uh, I'm really looking forward to that. Congratulations. That's a big move. Oh, thank you. Yeah, and it, it's fun because the first one that we did was uh, Travis Nelson, uh, who has another very popular YouTube channel, Dev Tips, or he used to. He no longer runs it. He now works for Google, and Travis is just a brilliant uh, YouTuber, um, Travis started a couple years after I did and just like shot up ahead of me and subscribers in no time. And there's like a part of me that was always super jealous, but I love Travis and we're, we're, we're tight. So like, I, I never wanted to be too jealous about it because it's like, man, he's good. His, his content's good. Like there, I have absolutely nothing to be upset about the guy. The guy's great. So, uh, when I asked, we, we were having like lunch or something, or we we're having breakfast. And I mentioned that I was like looking to do uh, expand and have people do courses. I didn't even ask him. And he was like, Oh, I want to do that. I haven't made a course in a long time. And I was just like, okay, like, you know, I love, <laughs> love your work. I would absolutely, you know, be happy, you know, if you were the first person to do that. So, um, it's been a big change for me, but, um, it's going to be really, really super, uh, necessary, especially because we are having our daughter in May and, uh, stuff's going to get real. So, uh, it's going to be our second child and that's about to be, uh, it's about to be nuts. So I gotta, <laughs> I gotta lighten my load just a little bit here. Yeah. Is that two May babies then? Two May babies. Yeah, it was not crazy. Yeah, yeah. I know. Oh, they, they, awesome. there's a potential they'll have the same birthday and that's kind of weird. You know, my uh, uh, my brothers-in-law have the same birthday and it is weird. Yeah, yeah, yeah I know. <laughs> Me and my dad have the same birthday, but I think that's maybe a little bit less weird. <laughs> yeah. I feel like when it skips a generation, it's fine. It's fine. Yeah. Awesome. Well, uh, Scott, thank you so much. This is amazing. Uh, where can people find you um, so that you know, they can find all of the other things that come up after, after today. Yeah. Level up tutorials is the, um, level up tutorials.com is really the, the spot. I have everything going on. We're kind of on a big redesign right now that maybe we'll have a little syntax player in it or something. So, uh, that and syntax.fm, uh, you can catch me on any of the social medias. I'm usually at S Tolinsky, which is a, a great one to spell or level up tuts or level up tutorials. So I don't know, just <laughs> look around at it. Awesome. Those. Awesome. Yeah. Well, we'll link all of them in the show notes so that uh, you can just click instead of having to type. Yeah. Right. Yeah. At Tolinsky is never one of those uh, last names that people love to spell. Right. So, <laughs> well, Hey, thanks so much. I really appreciate you taking the time to be on this show. Uh, I, I love your work and it was uh, it was great to learn from you today. Thanks so much. Well, thank you so much for having me. Thanks for listening to this episode of React Podcast with Scott Talinsky. I love his story and I hope that it is inspiring to you to stop spending so much time at planning or thinking or envisioning the future and just start doing what you can today. If you want to check out Scott's latest course on React Spring and animation in React, visit leveluptutorials.com slash tutorials slash animating dash react. This is such a killer course. You're going to be animating like a pro in no time. For other notes, visit reactpodcast.com slash 49. This episode of React Podcast was edited by Mikhail Delport. It was produced by Mikhail Delport and Sarah Jackson. You can find React Podcast on Spec, a network to help designers and developers level up. Visit spec.fm to find other shows that will take you further in your career. Help us out by reviewing this show on iTunes. Your reviews help the show grow and help us ensure great guests and awesome content week to week. To join the discussion, visit reactpodcast.com slash chat or follow us on Twitter at React Podcast. I'm at Chantastic. To stay out of the discussion but get updates, visit reactpodcast.com slash news and sign up for emails. 
Thanks so much for giving us your attention. We'll be in your ears again next week. 